to speak about dealing with resources can be learned. I think we can learn about any topic to be stronger and doing things better. When I talk about resources, I'm not only talking about time and money and gifts and talents. I think we have to understand and you would know that you are blessed. First of all, you are blessed. Do you know that you're blessed? God has blessed you with some gifts and talents. Often I get up in the early in the morning and think, oh, I'm a good leader. Yeah, God has given me the gifts of leadership and I don't take it for granted because I am blessed and you are blessed already. You are blessed with the grace of God as well. Do you know what the grace of God means? God doesn't give you what you deserve. If God gives us what we deserve, oh my gosh, we are in big trouble. God gives us what he has and he belongs everything. You, we are blessed with the love of God. God has loved us first. Even then we did nothing for him. I have two boys and I remember when in the early years uh, they were super small and sometimes asking, can you go to the cellar and bring me a good uh, bottle of water or, or beer or whatever? They would say, no daddy, we will not do that. You, you go by yourself. And after that, I have two boys. They should serve me. But even then if they do nothing for you, even if they do nothing for you, you love them. And that's the position of God. Even if you do nothing, God will say still, I love you. That's when you're blessed with unconditional love. That means you are so blessed. And we are blessed with a booster. Do you believe in a booster? Oh, I do. The booster of the Holy Spirit. Every morning I have a booster of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't last only for four months. It lasts forever. I have the best certificate, not for one year, not for nine months or six months. I have the certificate, I'm sealed with the Holy Spirit. Uh, come on, you're, you're so blessed right now. And, and secondly, you are so blessed with the DNA of God. The DNA of God is already in you. The moment you receive Jesus Christ, there's a new DNA. There's a new understanding and the DNA is you are a giver. Can I hear an amen? You are a giver. The DNA of giving is already in you. Do you know why? God is the biggest giver. He sent his only son, Jesus Christ, on earth. He died on the cross on my behalf to take all the sins and all what I did wrong. And he is the biggest giver. And giving is the DNA of God Almighty in us. That's why when he got saved, we love to give. Amen. What's wrong with you, DNA? We are born to give. <laughs> in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, there is more happiness in giving than in receiving. I love to give and I love to receive as well. But here's the point. We started some weeks ago this series, um, life, life Like Never Before. We spoke about the faith, our relationships, the health, resources, and work. And today I want to speak about the resources. And it's very important with your small group or with the micro church, just if it elevates you every part from a zero to a 10 and you ask yourself the question, how was my resources last year? And we split it up in six parts of gratitude, finances, generosity, time, skills, and also the creation. And for me, in terms of resources, I have a huge potential because I know I don't, I'm not giving myself a 10. I have some potential. And then when you give yourself an 8, you ask the Holy Spirit, what is my next step? The Holy Spirit is the best teacher and leader. And what is the next step in terms of resources? 
And out of these six, I decided today to speak about money because I, I don't know when I have preached the last time a whole entire message about money. Two topics that people say, hallelujah, it's about money and about sex. No, they will not say, oh my gosh, why in the world do you speak about money and sex? Because those are the most topics that people are struggling. And we are givers, right? And my question is, what is the biggest struggle that people are not giving? What do you think? The most people will say it's people are greedy. It's greed. And it's not greed why people not giving. Actually, the reason why people not giving, it's actually fear. A lot of people, you, are, you have fear of not giving. Fear means it's very hard for me not trusting God, but God has created us to be generosity. This is what God has put out in of, of us. And I want to show you with my wife, where's Pastor Susanna, about fear. Why people are fear of giving. Because, afraid of giving, sorry, sorry, afraid of, thanks for teaching me English on stage. Uh, afraid of giving. Because when you give, you let go, right? Let it go, let it go. Here I'm too late. Let it go, it's not easy. But when you let go, you open your hands for even more. And people are not greedy. People have fear or afraid of giving. So here is God, and we trust that God is good, right? We trust God has blessed us with so many things, right? Now here's Father of God. Just wait. And he's saying, give 10% of your income. The number 10, the 10 commandments, 10% of giving, the number 10 stands in the Bible for a test. God is not in position of saying, oh, I need your money, otherwise I'm running out of money. God is saying in terms of 10% giving, I test you if you really believe when you let go that I hold you in one, two, three. God is good, right? But then when God says, let go, it's always a shocking moment, right? And that's why a lot of people in the church say, yeah, I heard many times about giving and all generosity, all those things. But we have to trust that God tests us and not as God needs money because he tests our heart that really believe that God is Yahweh, Yireh, God the giver. I want to go back to the fear. The fear concept is actually very, quite simple. That means it starts with I, I earn the money, I work very hard, I deserve it, right? Then we have some worries. Worries means now I have some children, I have a car, I have some mortgage, I need money for the college, <laughs> I need money for my dog, <laughs> bought a brand new dog. All my friends, they're buying dogs at the moment. I think we have too many dogs in Switzerland already. No, I don't, I don't get it. They, I don't get it. But they need an insurance for the dog, and they need food for a dog. They eat like dogs, crazy. And then you start to worry, and you start to spend the money. And here what I read, actually, that a lot of people, they spend too much money, and then you're falling into the debt zone. Debt zone means you have the mortgage, you buy a car with leasing. Leasing costs nothing, right? And then you have a dog, and a wife, some children, and everything goes very well, and you have a budget, right? But you know, life is not predictable. All of a sudden, something happens, and you're living at the, at the limit of the budget, and all of a sudden, you don't have any margin anymore, and you worry again, you spend debt. It's like a circle. 
And here is the point I read that 20% of the young generation, they have debts already. Debts because of the smartphone contract. Everyone has a smartphone, but they don't have the money for a smartphone. 33% of the adults of people in our age, they are in debt too because they have too much leasings and everything goes well. All of a sudden, it may be a car accident or whatever, and you don't have the money anymore, you fall into debt zone, and you have no margins. This happens with a lot of people. And then there's a the 3S giving. You give then spontaneous from the leftover. You give sporadic from the leftover. You give sparring from the leftover. And all of a sudden, you are the leftover zone. You give, but just the leftover. But you expect that God gives the best, the very best, the generosity, the best. But we're living in the leftover faith with our God Almighty. Not everything what people offers you, you can say yes. I want to share your story just, just to break it down. This circle is very dangerous, and a lot of people, they're living in that circle, actually. Some years ago, we had no car, and I remember I started praying to God, God, there's so many people in our church that have two cars and three cars and five cars. They have, it's already too many cars in Switzerland, right? God, just make a miracle for a car. And I prayed for a, a vertical. Now a lady from our church came to me and says, hey, here's a, a Peugeot for you. God spoke to me and I want to give it to you. For me, the biggest miracle ever. I mean, look this color, the vertical. The engine was so strong, bigger and faster like furious. I went to a friend of mine, he's a bookkeeper, and he said to me, uh, Leo, it, that's a cool gift, but do you know how many costs the insurance company, the gasoline, uh, uh, fixing costs and all those costs? He counted down and he said to me, you cannot afford the gift. I said, I, don't hate, I hate you. You know the moment when you, you receive something and you never calculate the besides costs and you say, oh, come on, I can squeeze it. You squeeze it in. And I said no to the gifts because I couldn't afford the insurance companies. And then beside that, we get a Vespa from my dad. I painted the same color and a Vespa is so cheap because you pay nothing for a parking slot and there's a traffic jam you drive and like hello and you're gone and a lot of people you get something and you're not in the position to to pay the rest there's another friend of mine he has a beautiful house in turkey right by the beach and there's a big swimming pool and in the back is a tennis court like where Rafa, Nadal, and Tokovic, and Federer, you know. And he said to me, you can have the apartment for free for one month. And I said, wow, come on, hallelujah. This is Turkey, sun, and everything. And then uh, my friend, friend of mine is a book, uh, um, is a um, travel agency. I asked him, how much is the cost for four flight tickets? And I said, oh my gosh, that's the whole budget for the vacation. And I have the money for flying to Turkey, but then we will fast for 21 days because we have no money for food anymore. And I remember the day I said, thank you so much for the house. But the next time you flipping flip, give me four tickets because I cannot fly out. 
And for more than five years, we could not go to Turkey because the flights were too expensive. A lot of people, you squeeze it in or you need the, the MasterCard. But in a month later, you are so in debt. And this is often like a circle what happens all the time by a lot of people. I, wanna, I wrote down a, a quote, actually, two types of giving. People who give what's left over or people who give off the top and live on what's it's the leftover. And this is a totally different mindset. I want to go to the generosity and often people think generosity has to do with money. People say, yeah, rich people are generous. No, rich people are just rich. Doesn't mean that rich people are generous. I have some people, they have not much money, but they're generous. Generosity has nothing to do with money. It's a DNA. I am a giver. And you say, for example, here is God. God is my giver of everything, my salary. In the end of the day, God is my giver. And it means I have peace in my life, whatever I have. Paul said I had a lot of money and had, uh, I was starving. And Paul was saying in the, in the book of Romans, I had everything. I was rich, I was poor, but in the end of the day, God was always my provider. He provided for me in every single day. The peace comes, first of all, what I do, I give. The first money I spend is not for the mortgage, it's not for McDonald's. It's a giving 10% away to God Almighty. And I trust in the test that God is a bigger giver. That means in my budget, the first money goes away direct to the church. Then I save a little bit money. Why is saving important? Because if you don't save money, something happens in your life, you're falling into the debt threat again. And then I live with the leftover. I remember in the early years, we, we said, okay, we give 10%, we save a little bit, and then in the, on the budget, we knew what kind of apartment we could afford. We could not afford everything. We could not go everywhere to vacation because we said the leftover is what we live. And this circle brings you to an amazing peace. Vincent Churchill, a good friend of us, he said many, many years ago, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. If a guy who smokes a cigar comes up with that uh, quote, please listen carefully. It's not only something what you hear in the church. It's also what you hear sometimes from people that are not even believing in God. They believe in giving. In Luke chapter 6, verse 38, and that's one of my favorite Bible verses, give and I will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will put into your lap. Check out. This Bible says you cannot outgive God. It's impossible. If you make a decision, I'm not in the I circle. No, I want to be in the God circle. And God is the biggest giver. And you make this decision in your life. Which circle you are living? Because it's a totally different mindset how you live because often people come up come to me and say Pastor Leo I don't believe in ties of giving I say yeah this is because you're living in that circle people who give over years they will say I cannot afford not giving anymore because God has done so many miracles I cannot afford not of giving and you don't understand those people with many excuses anymore here in the, the giving of God there are the three 
a peace actually. The first P is you need a plan. Without a plan, you cannot give. And my Simon, our son Simon, he has an amazing father, the best coach, the best pastor, preacher. Oh my gosh, yeah. you raised perfectly. That's true. That's I never true. made any mistake. <laughs> never. You don't need counseling. No. You never bitter. No, never. Never angry. Never. I was almost just a human being. Yeah, exactly. I, I realized that when I want to give to God, I have to manage my finances. If I don't manage my finances, I will give the leftovers to God. And that's not the attitude that he deserves. He deserves my very first, my very best. And I realized in order to do that, I need to manage my finances. And I realized what I need to manage are my running costs. Because if my running costs are already up my neck, I don't have much latitude left to manage my money. I realized I have to bring my running costs down as low as possible. And I asked myself two questions. I went over my budget, how I spend my money. I looked at every bill, at every time I spent some money, and I analyzed it and asked myself two questions. The first question was, when I was looking at my budget, what is indispensable for me? What do I need to pay? And the second question was, in which areas do I spend too much money? And I realized for myself that indispensable for me is, uh, for example, health insurance, the rent of my apartment, or a third pillar, some money for food, some money for clothes. And I asked myself, in what areas do I spend too much money? And I realized for myself there are three areas in which I can um, save easily money. The first one is smartphone or internet contracts. And I said, um, I um, uh, was looking with my wife at uh, different kind of contracts, and I realized I want to go for a prepaid SIM contract for a mobile phone. And for the internet, I said I want to have a limited 50 gigabyte flat for only 13 Swiss francs. I did that, I chose to go this way, that my running costs for internet and mobile fees are 30 Swiss francs per month. And this is extremely low. And then the second thing that I thought of is, I don't want to do any entertainment subscription. Entertainment subscription, they consume so much money for music or video. And I told myself that if I want to watch a video, a movie, I rent it. Or I buy it at a one-time fee, because it's easy to say no if there's no money left. If I have a subscription, I pay every month, if I want to or not. And the third thing was that I said I will never go to a restaurant when I'm at work. I will always bring the food from home so that I save money on that. And with those uh, three things, I realized that my running costs are very low, and with that I don't have any pressure in giving God first. Come on. Thank you so much. That's why when he has to download, download something, he comes to my apartment. <laughs> because Wi-Fi connection is all over, right? Can you give me a hotspot? Can you give me a hotspot? It's for free, you know? The second, the second P is, is a percentage. Uh, a percentage. And Dave Cool, our worship leader, a close friend of mine, is also in my small group. Uh, just share what does percentage giving means to you? Yeah. Well, I'm on staff uh, with IC for over 20 years now and leading the worship department. And besides that, I'm also working uh, just a little bit as a, a songwriter and as a musician, like uh, self-deployed. And then 
some money comes in and I wanted to stretch my giving because we talk about that in small groups, in staff. We encourage each other to be big, bigger, bigger and greater givers. And it kind of uh, gave me a funny feeling in my stomach because I was like, how can I pledge a big sum of money to God uh, at the start of a year if I don't even know what's, come in, what's coming in? So I went to Leo and was like, uh, how can I solve this dilemma? And he had a really good idea. He said, why don't you just do percentages? If you define a percentage of your income that comes in and you, you give it away over your tithing, uh, it will be manageable. And for me, this was a huge revelation. Maybe for you, it's like, yeah, why didn't you think of that? But for me, it was, was a huge revelation because A, I was able to to start giving immediately. I didn't have to wait for me to write the big hits and then uh, come in with a million dollars and give away for the church, but I could start immediately with giving something. And B, I could start to tweak this percentage a little bit. Like I would tithe and on top of that, I would give 10% more away into our reach projects because I really believe that this uh, builds the kingdom of God. And I could tweak up to 11 percentage, maybe 12 and so on, because I want to be a generous giver and not um, hang my heart onto uh, the money and, and be addicted to money, but I want to be addicted to God. Thank you so much, Dave. Now, you, you, you feel a little bit the difference between spending and giving. There are two total different uh, roles, actually. And the third P is on a priority. You think, where should they give the money? Because needs, there's so many needs around the world. Needs are all over. The question is, where should I spend money? This is my beautiful wife, Susanna, Pastor Susanna. Let's share with us how you made the decision and where. Yeah, we made a decision to, to give to the church. And not only because we are pastors, makes sense to give to the church we work for, but because God has special intention for the church. He says, the church is, I'm embodied in the church. The church is God's body. And not only is God's body, but also he lives, it's his household. It is said in 1 Timothy 3 verse 15, it says, it's God's household. The church is God's household. And not only that, but also he is the shepherd and he is the one who attracts the people. And he is he invented the, the vessel of the church and he believes in the church. He lives in the church. It's his body. And that's why it makes totally sense for me to give the church priority in giving. And I love how our God is a God of order because back in the Old Testament already, he had a beautiful order with the 12 tribes. There were 12 tribes and for one tribe, he set aside and said, you take care for the church, kind of, for the, for the tabernacle or later on for the temple. You Levites, you serve for the temple. While the others were able to earn money, to make animals and, and breed them and, and increase them and give part away and collect from the 11 tribes and give it to the one tribe who was not able to earn the thing. But nevertheless, he, God invented something to take care. It's a beautiful order. And that's why for me, it makes totally sense to give to the church, to the church I attend. Because we, we have the saying, we don't go to McDonald's and then pay in Starbucks either. So 
we pay there where we get the food. And we get the food from our home church. And when we give, we give with two motivations in the heart. First of all, with a thankful heart, because I'm so thankful for what we get, all the relationship, then my, my kids are, are blossoming in the church. We, we can expand our talents and, and whatever. And then also we give with a broken heart because where your passion is, where your heart is bleeding for, for things, That's the point where I give also. And the question today is for you. What are you thankful for here in the church? When you are watching us online, what are you thankful for? And what is your heart bleeding for? What is the need that, that triggers something inside of you? For me, it's to see the church beautifully because I know the church is not only the body of Christ, but it's also the bride And I want to see the church beautifully attracting people because God is living in there. And that's why it makes totally sense to give to the church because it says in Matthew 6 verse 21, where your heart is, there will be your treasure also or vice versa. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And that's why I love to give to the church as much as possible. Thank you so much. A big round of applause. And when I was 18 years old, I remember I started like this. I was, we always gave in my family spontaneous, sporadic, and sporing. This was my lifestyle until I received Jesus Christ. And then I read the Bible and I realized the DNA of God Almighty is in me. I'm a giver. And I made a decision from now on, I live a generous lifestyle. And that's a different lifestyle, how you do budget. You heard three stories by intentionally, we want to be givers and we believe sometimes we have too much stuff and we want to make room so that we can give and save and also live with the rest. And I really do believe you cannot outgive God. God is always the bigger giver. This is really what I believe from the bottom of my heart. I want to close how I do it in my life. Every evening before I go to bed, I have my Holy Spirit moment. I have a journal by, by, by my side, and I say, Holy Spirit, here is Leo Bigger. I'll always check in with my name. I know it doesn't make sense, but I love it. Because if I'm going to a hotel, I check in, Leo Bigger. I say, Holy Spirit, here's Leo Bigger. Is there anything you want to speak to me? Because prayer and faith is not a monologue, it's a dialogue. I speak and God speaks. And every day I give God, at least in the evening, just a room where he can speak to me with an open journal. And then he speaks to me and I write it down. I remember some years ago I heard, Leo, now it's over. You're not only in the position of giving 10%. From now on, every year, you give 1% more. And I did this over all the last years and now the number is quite high. And my salary is almost the same like five years ago. My wife, she's a volunteer. And the cool thing is every year I'm surprised how God has blessed me. There were better years and years with Solala, whatever, but God has given us so many ideas to the Holy Spirit and God gave me a word for me and I love how He stretched my giving as well. And I want to close, uh, three weeks ago we were, had a prayer meeting for the city of Zurich, all 
the pastors from Zurich, we were together and we prayed. We prayed for revival. We prayed for breakthroughs. We proclaimed that God is still in the lead. We proclaimed revival, enduring of screaming and shouting and dancing and proclamation. God gave me word. There's a guy in your church. Buy a Starbucks coupon for 200 Swiss francs. I said, God, that's the wrong moment. We are praying for the city. Have you ever had this moment? <laughs> You're praying for something. Boom! Buy your wife some flowers. <laughs> God, we are, we, are like, we are praying right now for revival. And I have this moment all the time. You're praying for something. God gives you, boom, an idea. And I wrote it down. And I thought, oh my gosh. Beside my giving, there's a guy. I have to buy a Starbucks coupon. Maybe he's running out of Starbucks coupon, whatever. And sometimes God gives you just something on your heart and you don't understand why. Just do it. Be a giver, be a generous giver in your life. And you have to make a decisions. Which is your style in your life? And I made decisions. I living a generous life and it's nothing to do with money. It's a lifestyle, a DNA. I am the king. Hey, thanks for watching. Hey, our passion for people is that we see them grow in their relationship with Jesus, live fearlessly and influence their people and the surrounding in a positive way. And if you would like to be part of that vision, we thank you so much for your financial support because that would make it possible. I hope that this message spoke to you really. And if you don't have subscribed to our channel, please do this. And it's always a big blessing. Maybe you know some people in your neighborhood or in your friendship the, that podcast could be a very well cool thing just share the link because it's pretty pretty easy and I'm looking forward to see you again tune in and God bless you and see you soon bye bye